Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Pictorial on Relay FM. I'm Quinn Rose. I am a person who did not go to art school, but I love art very deeply. And I'm excited to be doing this show every two weeks. We're going to be bringing a different topic about art history and culture, learning about it, and sharing what we learned with you. And hi, I'm Betty. I'm also someone who did not go to art school. I don't have any art training, but I do host a show called Articulations on YouTube, where I talk about um, art, uh, architecture, and design. And I have actually been a um, gallery guide here in Toronto at the Art Gallery of Ontario for almost seven years. So I would say that I'm kind of a self-proclaimed art person with expertise. And I'm also really excited to uh, talk about all kinds of um, ideas about art. Oh, yeah, you're way more qualified for this than (laughs) I am, for sure. I'm just like, art is so cool. (laughs) Well, that's who I was when I when I first went to the AGO to volunteer. They were like, so what are your qualifications? I'm like, I took two art history classes in school. And they're like, good enough. (laughs) So and then I just slowly built it up from there, I guess. (laughs) We'll be talking a little bit more in detail of what the kind of topics and what the show is going to look like at the end of the episode. For now, I'll just say, if you are someone who has no art training, but you're just interested in art, this is a place for you. If you are someone who has tons of art training, then also, that's awesome. Listen to this show. Please don't judge us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are not uh, the establishment of art by any means (laughs) we're the fun fringe podcast art people and we're here to share cool art stuff with you yes exactly and what are we starting off with Recently, or back in 2018, so this was about a year ago, uh, there was an auction at uh, Christie's where um, an artwork that was created by an AI sold for $432,500. It's a work that was done by Paris Collective. So they um, created this algorithm uh, called GAN, G-A-M, which stands for Generative Adversarial Network. And so it's basically an AI where they fed 15,000 portraits painted between the 14th and 20th century. And this generator then from its learnings of those portraits generated a new image based on what it learned. And so then they created this art piece, which we can put in the show notes, that basically it sold apparently for 45 times higher than its original estimate. And so yeah, it's almost it sold for almost half a million dollars. Yeah, I have so many thoughts just about this painting in specific. Like Betty said, there will be links in the show notes. Uh, If you can't look at it right now, just to describe it briefly, it basically looks like a, a portrait of a just like a man in black clothes um, but his face is kind of blurry like it's kind of off Um, and it's hard to describe exactly but if you just like picture a person and then just make it kind of weird um, (laughs) and honestly what it really reminds me of is there was that thing a little while back of like a a priceless portrait in a church that someone decided to clean and she messed it up. That's what all these portraits look like. Yeah, it looks, yeah, it was one of like Jesus and then she decided to restore it and it looked like a blurry monkey person face thing. Um, It does look like that, yeah. She is the person making all of the AI art. (laughs) It's quite possible. Yeah, and this one, um, for me, it, it does look like if you went and 
put in like art from the 16th to yeah 20th century and put it together in a jar swirled it around and like dumped it out I feel like that is what you would get it's so interesting because of the whole like valuation of it because Mm -hmm. if you look at it you wouldn't think like this is the most this is such an exquisite piece of art Mm -hmm. like it was valued that high because people knew that it was AI art and Mm -hmm. so they said that's really cool and I want to be the cool special rich person who has this like first AI art to be sold at Christie's which is like a big thing Mm -hmm. um it's 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 all about status like it like Mm -hmm. i mean obviously all art only has value because (laughs) of what we decide it does but i I guess my point is i feel like in some of the research that i did on this there was some focus on like oh it's sold for this much money and i'm like well it's not because someone decided it was so aesthetically beautiful that it was more (laughs) valuable it was they decided it was more valuable because a computer made it yeah like the whole obviously we could also do a whole episode just on the art market and why things are valued a certain way and how that doesn't necessarily reflect its quality, um, but it just reflects, you know, some sort of, or I mean, there's all kinds of things behind why certain paintings are more expensive than others. But yeah, like a lot of times it's the actual artist, like the actual um, like background of the piece that's driving its price. And in this case, it was probably yeah what's more interesting is the fact that it was made by an AI not really because of how it looked another piece in the background sort of this specific instance is this was made by this like as you said this French art collective called obvious um but there it was potentially directly pulled from or at least very closely inspired from a a GAN a generative adversarial network um that was made by this 19 like this 18 year old kid i think he's 19 now mm. um named robbie barrett Mm. and so that was a a thing that came up a lot too and so it's interesting because this kid's like 19 years old and it's he's i saw him quoted a lot so it seems like he's he's almost become like a minor authority on ai in the art world because Mm. he did he made this network he threw all of these like Mm. like hundreds of thousands of wiki art images into it Mm. um and you have the other program trying to make a fake portrait until it can fool the other one who's seen all of the real art Mm. um i mean that's a really simplified version but that's basically what's happening Mm -hmm. um and then obvious was like we could do that too but the ones that they made look so close to ones that robbie barrett had like previously made which is weird because like neither of them actually made them Mm -hmm. the ai made them so is it plagiarism? Question mark. Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, on, I just wanted to go back actually to a second to what you were saying earlier about the price. And because I was talking to uh, someone at work recently, I kind of in kind of in preparation for this, I brought up the topic of AI art and someone at work actually like he actually said, yeah, of course, like computers can make art, but nobody would want to buy that. But then I brought up, I'm like, well, did you know one sold for $432,000? And he was like, what? So it was just interesting how like this person's first reaction was like, why would anybody buy this? Um, But I feel like that could be a similar uh, reaction as, you know, if somebody saw like a really abstract painting that's just like a red block and say well nobody would buy this and then you say well some people would and you're not you don't know what other people's um motivations are 
And I think when you see AI art now, like it, like we were talking about earlier, it very clearly doesn't look right when they're trying to mm-hmm. make realistic images. AI art is better at making um, more sort of like more modernist stuff because it's abstract. And so now it's definitely almost, it's just like a status thing of like mm-hmm. wanting that cool computer generated art. Yeah. Um, I do have a personal theory about this okay. is that it, it will get better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I don't, I don't have the computer expertise to know, to be able to estimate if anyone can at this time, like how many years it's going to be until it truly is indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. But I do have a personal theory that for, um, this period, it's going to be valued really highly and purchased by rich people as the status symbol of this like really cool, interesting thing. And that one, at some point it's going to flip mm-hmm. so that AI art, which will just, is just going to necessarily be super cheap to produce and easy and like basically no scarcity limits. And that is going to be incredibly accessible to uh, people with less money. And then human created art will become what only rich people have. Hmm, That's a really interesting theory. Yeah, because I feel like what you're describing um, could actually be like a similar uh, parallel to photography. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. when it was first invented, it was really expensive, and you have to be like really uh, wealthy in order to access it. Um, but then, um, uh, yeah, like over time, like now we all have like access to a camera pretty like pretty much. Um, like even people in developing countries have like smartphones that can take um, uh, pictures. And so um, and then so like, yeah, even now, I mean, photography obviously still is an art and still there are still really expensive photographs being sold. Um, but yeah, like it, it's it is kind of like one of those things. It's like as it gets more. Uh, accessible and more people have it it's like it's less uh like yeah it's less valuable in in certain cases that's such an interesting comparison especially because photography was also said like they people said photography isn't real art Mm -hmm. because it's a machine right exactly and it's a very similar parallel to like oh ai isn't real art it's a machine yeah that's actually that was one of my points is like as soon as you mentioned this topic i just thought uh yeah like i thought of photography and how it wasn't considered an art and i i probably there still are people who don't consider it an art because they just think oh you click a button and it's done by yeah it's done by a machine it's not done by you even though you set up the shot and you know do all kinds of things to make the photograph happen it it is it is like along that like continuum of uh like humans have for a long time used technology and used machines to create art it's just now ai is another tool um that's what some people would argue well i want to ask you whether you personally believe that artificial intelligence create art. And I want to do the caveat that I feel like there is the possibility that we get to the point where mm-hmm. uh, we have made true artificial intelligence and it has sentience. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a very different question sure. with sort of the models that we're working with where it, they are like definable computer algorithms who are sort of scanning art and, and creating it just based on what already exists. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that that is art? Do you believe it will get to a place where you consider it art? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so my thoughts are uh, hopefully I don't make this too convoluted, but I do want to go back to um, a couple of uh, examples from uh, art history. And um, so this is a 
a piece called Light Prop for an Electric Stage by Laszlo Maholi Naj, and he was a um, like modernist artist uh, who did like all kinds of things like he did uh, everything from like photography to installations and this one is an installation he did uh, which is basically like this uh, sculpture essentially but it's got like circular rectangular interlocking parts and these metal rectangles that jerk around automatically uh, like metal discs uh, that spin around and glass spirals and there's also like 130 electric light bulbs that shines in through that piece and there's moving patterns that go around the space it's displayed in Um, and then Uh, So there's him and then there's a couple of artists, which like I won't go into extreme detail, but but we can have links um, as well. Uh, There's another other other artist I think of whose name is Julio Leparc. um, And he does these also these automatic moving pieces of metal and light that's uh, spontaneous and have like light and shadow. And then another artist's name is Rebecca Horn. And she has um, I have a video here, too, where she has uh, like violins that move by itself and like drums that play itself and these weird like chairs with knives on their legs that dance randomly and they're like timed like they're she like it's programmed to like do all these things um, but basically anyways the, the reason I'm bringing this all up is these are all kind of in a category called kinetic art um, but Nevertheless, like these are artists who have uh, programmed a machine to uh, to do something to, you know, to create to either dance around automatically or like turn on and off automatically like the artists did um, initiate the work, but the work is kind of performing itself. When it comes to the question of, like, does artificial intelligence create art, um, like, I think back to these examples as, like, um, these art pieces do perform by themselves, they do do things by themselves, but they're put in place by a person, like, even the you know, the art group, obvious, um, and even like a lot of these works that are created by an AI, um, it's like somebody, but somebody made that AI, like somebody is um, programmed it or initiated or or somebody put like put in the input of like those 16,000 artworks or something, and uh, clicked a button. So it's just that, because like, obviously, Rebecca Horn's work, like it's not it's she's attributed to uh, she's attributed as the artist Um, and some of these AI uh, pieces where you have the computer that's being attributed as the artist but you then think well then like how much like how much of the artist's hand has to be in there for them to not be considered someone who made the thing or can you just have somebody who literally is just someone who pressed a button and they can be considered the artist so that's my dilemma is I think we're still not at a point where AI like independently decided to draw a picture like there still has to be a human input somewhere no I think this is a complicated question going back to the copyright thing that I mentioned earlier it's almost like there's there's this sort of dispute over whether um like was who actually made this algorithm was the algorithm that obvious made different enough from Robbie's algorithm that it actually counts and does it actually matter because it's still like all very similar AI framework so and I feel like that kind of complicates 
that question as well as like, well, if it's, that's almost a question of like, well, if we if we count the human input as part of the art, but all the human input ends up with the same result, is that still art? Is it just mm-hmm. bad art? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a there was actually a interesting video I watched um, from PBS Idea Channel, which is kind of asking. It's it's a also a video called I think like Do Machines Make Art or something, and uh, in there. Mike, the host, he actually, he said, I like the words that he used, which is, um, like, he's saying, it's, the question is not necessarily, can machines make art? It's, can machines make compelling art? Is, can machines, and, like, are we going to allow machines to make art independently on its own, uh, rather than telling it to do, telling it to make art based on what we want. Because I think the, like, we all, we all agree, like, when, again, like, I've asked another friend this question, and I, it's, I seem to get a lot of people who say, yeah, like, of course, machines have the ability to make art, like, we can program something to output something else. But um, it's whether, like, we agree that it's art or not. So my my basic answer to this question is that art is something that is created beyond practical value, mm-hmm. basically. If there's an intention behind it to not just be for practical use. Yeah, so I actually, I really liked your definition because actually, especially because of the word intention, which is because it goes back to asking, can AI have intent, like its own intent, not just what we tell it to um, do, and so and, and yeah, so it's in, is does it matter that the intent was put there by a human creator or do we want the AI to have its own intent for us to consider it as art? And the answer could be one or the other. Um, and like I remember, I think my definition was also I said that like art. Um, exists between the artists and the people like it's the viewers who decide whether it's art or not but I think I also said oh there I want there to be a story a reason or something that the artist is trying to express so then it goes back to the question of so what is the story the reason or the expression the AI is trying to convey and when you ask that question um like sometimes it's there sometimes like in in the in the example of this this piece that was sold at Christie's by um so I think it's called the portrait of Edmund Bell Bellamy <laughs> um I'm like I don't know like what the intent of the computer is and maybe there isn't one um or maybe there's so many intents uh, like it just maybe it's uh, intent is just to output art but for me that's not compelling enough but maybe for some people it is I think there's a part of this for me that's like when the more I peel it back I feel like my gut reaction is like no that's not art and then the more I peel it back into like sort of like working through logic first principles of what I believe art is I'm like well if there's sort of human intervention in the intention of it Mm -hmm. then I guess technically it could count even if a human didn't physically do it is that important enough to count it as not art I don't necessarily think so so but I I think I think maybe it's just art I don't like (laughs) (laughs) right yeah um, did you at all come across the uh, the Google AI Deep Dream Generator? I saw a little bit about that, but I didn't 
really play around with it. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't either. But maybe, maybe I will try to input some. I tried to go on, but actually, I think the website like crashed or something. Um, but it's basically, it's this really. Uh, I'm gonna try to explain it again. I'm not like a computer person, so I'm gonna try to explain how what this is. But um, it might be a very clunky explanation. But it's basically a. Uh, like the Google AI team, they developed this. Uh, at first, they were trying to develop a system for the computer to detect what a picture is. So they show like a picture of a bird, and they want the computer to know that it's a bird, and they want the computer to know like what type of bird it is. So it's like, oh, it's a, a like eagle or whatever. And then they want to be able to identify its species. So same thing, show it like a tree or a leaf. So they basically put all kinds of like visual input into the computer to like teach it how to identify a picture like show them a picture and have them identify what it is so but what they then did they did this weird thing where they like reverse the algorithm where they tell the computer bird and get the computer to like reverse the um like draw something yeah to basically tell us what you think this thing uh is so um i think i'm just gonna populate i'm just gonna send you the um wikipedia page on it um but basically it ends up being these really really creepy looking um like almost like you're on an acid trip (laughs) type of pictures (laughs) um of uh just like i think if you uh on the wikipedia page if you scroll down a bit there's like a picture of um i want to say like dogs but like it's like a dog layered with eyes and legs and random eyes everywhere and just it almost looks like a fractal but um more horrifying (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so anyway it's yeah like because when you're saying like yeah it's like art that you don't like I'm like yeah for me like it's the same thing it's like it's I would not have this on my wall or anywhere near me because it's just really, really horrifying. But it's really interesting because what there really is, it's it's like they're just because the computer has learned so much about uh, or has received so many visual inputs, it's just putting back out what it thinks it's supposed to see. Um, So anyway, I wonder what you think of it. They are very creepy. Honestly, I do kind of like these better than the sort of blurry portraits. Even though they are terrifying, some of them are really cool. Some of them are, yeah. I almost like these better. Almost because I feel like it's also, it's very deliberately a digital art style. It's not Mm -hmm. trying to look like a painted image the way some of the other AI art is. So I feel like it almost, even though it's disturbing it looks it still almost looks like something that a person could have made because it is supposed to look like digital art yeah that's true i was looking i um i came across like an article that was basically like oh see if you can tell like if this was done by like an ai bot or a human and obviously it was all like abstract paintings and again you're like yeah if it's just like a geometric like abstract painting it could have been done by a person or a computer um and like to me that's like you know whatever like obviously if a person can paint a red square so can a computer um it's so it's interesting because because the steep dream generator is one where there really isn't like an artist like a human artist behind it unless you count like google's ai team as the artist um so this is one where 
because before, like with the examples I showed before, you can always say, oh, like Rebecca Horn did this um, and she, like she made this mechanism. Whereas this one, you you can't really you pinpoint a person. You just have to say, well, the deep dream generator is the artist who made it. Ooh, it's such a fine line. Yeah. <laughs> so or you can say, well, no, they didn't because it still goes back to whoever developed the deep dream generator. Um or there is actually, oh, I just realized there was another piece I wanted to show you that kind of also blurs this line. So it's an artist called Roxy Payne. And what she does is she does these like um, what she calls them like auto sculptures. I think the name of this piece I just sent you is called Skumac. And so she has like um, a machine that melts plastic uh, like this one that I'm showing you is like red pigments and it periodically extrude them onto a conveyor belt and then each sculpture is like unique and different and it's again it's all automatically made so like the only thing Roxy Payne did is make this machine that spits out paint and she has another one where she actually has a um Another one that spits out white paint that she just has on like a computer controlled timer that sprays white paint onto a board every once in a while. And then it creates these like really cool looking like lands, uh, what looks like landscapes and things like that. So uh, anyway, so like this is this is another this is another one where so where obviously Roxy Payne is credited as the artist, but she she didn't make any of these technically it was made by the spray nozzle like she didn't decide the sculpture is going to blob over here this it's it's the like whatever the air currents that's that was happened to have been in the room um or and gravity that resulted in this artwork so like again like you're going back to like she didn't make these decisions about what how this art was going to end up she just kind of prompted its initial like generation so um you know did she create the art or did the machine create the art by itself i guess i think considering all of these examples that we've talked about in the, on the different sides of like the ai art line i think that i what i'm going to say is my concluding thought on this is that for me, the real difference is, do I see, and this is, I think, other different people have different perspectives on this. It's not a, it's not a firm line, but do I see this as the artist using a tool to make art in a different way, but there is still like a, a person or like a small team of people who are making decisions about it? Or is this just a, just people using a neural network to sort of scan what has come before because I think one of the big things about this that really like makes the difference is that in 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 the kind of um of, of the, like the portraits and and the and the abstract art that we've seen created as opposed to sort of these physical creations um of like kinetic art and stuff like that is uh, is that the sort of neural network stuff is only able to make new things based on what's already come before instead of being like like at AI technology at this point at this point in time that there is no ability to truly innovate there like you're not going to feed one of these gans uh a hundred thousand pictures of portraiture and they're not going to spill it out for example duchamp's the fountain yeah <laughs> um because they're they're they just don't have that capacity 
And so I think that is, even though there is a level of human intention um, in like writing the algorithms, there's still not the same level of human intention and like true human innovation that comes behind um, even these works that use sort of this quote unquote artificial intelligence or like artificial uh, physical creation in the end. Um, there's still a much closer hand in that. I, I, like, I think one th- reason these things like the Deep Dream Generator and the GAN technology is interesting, and we do call it like artificial intelligence, is like, if you really think about it, like w- w- us as humans, like me, if I were to go create art, like I would be also outputting something that's based on things I have learned in my like growing up as a person like I would have seen like hundreds of thousands or whatever of portraits and landscapes and abstract art and say that I decide that I want to be a landscape painter um, I'm not necessarily like you know on the topic of plagiarism like I'm I'm not necessarily going to just like copy another person's landscape but what I create is could possibly be a composite of the types of art that I've seen and what I've learned as a as an artist. So it just so happens I'm a organic computer who happens to have seen more than what some of the computers, um, you know, like some of the, the artificial intelligence have. Like I happen to have seen like trees and lights and gone to art museums and have seen like movies and stuff. So the com- the combination of what I know and, and that I output onto a piece of paper, like you could argue is just what I've learned. So in a way you can say, like a human and a computer is really no different because we're all just receiving inputs and using that as like a background to our creations. Like there's also a lot of, I don't remember like the quote exactly, but like a lot of artists just say like, oh, you know, like all art is like kind of an iteration of what has come before. Um, So in a way you can argue, yeah, the artificial intelligence is kind of just doing the same thing. As a sociology major, I will say you've got a very good point. (laughs) That is so true. And it's like that, like really fundamentally, when you break everyone down to their building blocks, like everyone is so shaped by things that have come before. Is there some magical spark in human beings that make us innately able to create in a way that animals and machines never will be able to? I don't know. Maybe one day we really will be able to make a computer that is as complicated as the human brain and it like hits that level. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Yeah. And obviously and but I would definitely agree that like at this point in time, like I don't see like computers as being as creative and as able to generate like new ideas as humans but I do think that's just kind of like the limits of technology and the limits of well we just don't have it like computers right now just don't have that capacity to have like as much input as like a human being a human brain can but probably sometime soon in the future they will and then as you said they'll take over and then they'll be have they'll be making the podcasts (laughs) yeah well, I think the big kind of takeaway with all of our conversations about this is that there isn't an easy answer. That's going to be the theme of the show. 
Congratulations. Exactly. <laughs> we don't have an answer to anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that so this not every episode is going to be so philosophical about what <laughs> art is, but that definitely I think is going to be one of the themes is looking at different things and, and talking about whether or not they're art. Um, but we're also just going to be talking about cool stuff that's happened in art history or weird things about contemporary art culture that you wouldn't think about if you weren't like working in a museum or wealthy enough to be involved in in Christie's art auctions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or we might even talk about some artists that are say not very well known or that you've never heard of but who are still really interesting to us, so we might go over some of that. Yeah, we we have a lot of directions with this um, that we're excited to dive into. We also want to hear from you about what you think. So there is going to be a form in the show notes where you mm -hmm. can suggest a topic um, if you have something in particular that you want us to cover. Clearly, it's a very broad field. So maybe with time, we're, we'll narrow down our focus and we'll let you, you all know about that. For now, we're keeping it open. Mm -hmm. So anything that you think is at all related to art, feel free to suggest that as a, as a topic. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Pictorial. If you want to follow us, we have a Twitter account and Instagram accounts with all the images that we talked about today um, at PictorialPod on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at AspiringRobotFM on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at ArticulationsV, so that's Articulations with a V at the end. Or you can follow me on YouTube at Articulations. And you should. It's great. Watch Betty's videos. <laughs> oh, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, art enthusiasts.